Hi, it's Amy Newmark, and I want to wish you a happy new year. If you're looking for some inspiration to go along with your New Year's resolutions, we've got it with three of my favorite episodes about the power of positive thinking. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp H-E-L-P. Changing your life one story at a time. This is the Chicken Soup for the Soul podcast with Editor-in-Chief Amy Newmark. Hey, it's Amy Newmark with your Chicken Soup for the Soul inspiration. It's Friend Friday, and today I want to introduce you to Andrew Kaufman. Andrew, welcome to the Chicken Soup for the Soul podcast. Hey, Amy. It's great to talk to you. So you have a really interesting past because you started out as a broadcast journalist, and then you became an author. And I know Chicken Soup for the Soul played a big part in you deciding to take the plunge and become an author. So tell us what happened. Well, actually, um, Chicken Soup for the Soul was the first place I was published. Before I wrote my first book, I had um, seen a call out for um, Chicken Soup for the Soul, the cancer book, and figured I'd give it a try. Um, I was still writing my first book at that time. And they accepted my story, and it was my first published um, work. You were actually really a, a writer already because you had a journalism and political science degree from San Diego State University, and you were a writer already. I know that you were nominated for an Emmy. You worked at the CBS affiliate in San Diego. You covered the O.J. Simpson trial. So you were already a pretty important guy in terms of creating content. <laughs> well, it depends who you ask, but yeah. I was a writer, but I, I kind of discovered that um, reality wasn't as fun as writing fiction and making things up. So um, I used to find myself writing news stories and thinking, wouldn't it be great if and oh, my producer funny. would say, Andrew, just write the story. So I, I found that fiction was a, a much more fun creatively. That is interesting because um, you write psychological thrillers now, don't you? I do. I know that's a very important new genre because I have a friend who used to write women's fiction, and then she switched to psychological thrillers because her agent told her that that was such a hot area now for fiction. Yeah, I really, I love the aspects of the human mind. I find it fascinating. I always have. And um, I found that I love psychological fiction, but there weren't a lot of them out there. So I decided to start writing them myself, uh, maybe maybe for my own entertainment. And really, I love writing those psycho, you know, psychological thrillers. I think I'll probably always stay in that genre. So you first had cancer, and you wrote about it for the cancer book, and then you were you were cured of that cancer, right? Correct. But then more recently, was, you have become sick again. And I know you're overcoming yes. a really scary disease now. I am. Um, you know, it all started about two years ago. I was on my way to a book signing and had a car accident. And it was one of those situations of being in the wrong place at the right time. My car was totaled. I had a closed head injury. But in that process, um, through a CT scan, they discovered I had a tumor in my chest. 
completely by accident. So if I hadn't had the accident, they wouldn't have found it because it was um, it was a stage three thymoma was what they call it, which is a tumor in the thymus. It was so advanced and I didn't know. And if I hadn't had the accident, it probably would have spread. And by the time I discovered it, that would have been too late. So the car accident actually saved my life. That's amazing. But then, so you, you treated that, that cancer, but then something else came along. Yeah. Things got complicated. One of the complications of a thymoma is a disease called myasthenia gravis. And um, they don't know why. It's an autoimmune neuromuscular disease. And um, they had said to me, well, you don't have any symptoms of myasthenia, which is great. Then about a week before surgery, my eye started to droop, my right eye. And I thought, oh, no. Um, And I saw a neurologist, and they determined that I had um, beginning stages of myasthenia gravis, um, which is a devastating disease that takes over your muscle control, um, attacks your body basically attacks the communication between the nerves and the muscles and shuts them down. So any um, voluntary muscle group can be affected. The ability to walk, use your arms, swallow, talk, and the worst case scenario, breathe. And um, things just started to progress and go downhill very quickly after the surgery. They removed the cancer and I had radiation treatments and I was clear, but By then, the disease was already taking hold of me. So you've beaten cancer twice, but you still got myasthenia gravis to deal with. And I think that is a chronic condition, right? They just treat you for the rest of your life for that? It's a degenerative disease, and there is no cure. All they can do is try to keep the symptoms under control, which is what I'm going through now. But um, in the process, I had several emergencies. I am... went into the emergency room twice and had, I think I stayed in the hospital for most of the winter, unable to walk, uh, to raise my hands, to even brush my hair and had some breathing emergencies where they almost had to put me on a respirator. So I spent most of the winter in the hospital trying to get this disease under control. And at first they couldn't, um, they did blood transfusions. They did a lot of things, but I just wasn't responding. And, um, finally they, um, through, uh, what's called a um, IVIG treatment, they were able to start getting it under control. But it was a, it was a tough road. I um, had to learn how to walk again, how to use my hands and arms. And I went to a lot of physical therapy trying to um, overcome this disease. At one point, they had told me that um, this, uh, 50% was about as good as it was going to get, and I'd probably be in a wheelchair for un- indefinitely. So you had four books out already, right? When you had that accident, were you going to a book signing for your fourth book? Uh, yeah, I was going to a book signing for my book, Twisted, which had actually just come out. Didn't make it there, obviously. Um, yeah, and I had a fifth book that I was just starting back then. By the time I went to the hospital, I was already, you know, midway through the, my next book. And still determined to finish that book, wrote a lot of it from the hospital. There were days I couldn't move my hands to type. I couldn't even lift my head to look at the keyboard. But on the days that I could, um, and the days I was starting to get better, I continued writing that book from the hospital and finished it. That's incredible. So it's off to the publisher now? Yes. I sent it in about, mm, probably about a month ago. And so we're in the production process now, which takes a long time. So it's 
it'll be out next April, I believe. I don't have an exact date, but that's when the release date is. My publisher was wonderful in extending my deadlines, and, you know, because I was struggling. So I'm very proud of that book. You know, we have all these writers who say they can't find the time to write. They've been working on a book forever. And you wrote one under such dire straits. So how did you motivate yourself? Did you have an advance and you were going to have to give it back? No, it really wasn't that. Um, Those who know me uh, know that I'm tireless when it comes to my work. I really love being a writer. It isn't, you know, they say if you love what you do, it doesn't feel like work. And it never does to me. It's my world. You know, it's, I, I create worlds and I live in those worlds while I'm writing them. And I, I delve into the characters' minds. It's such a joy for me that it never feels like a lot of work. And I always love waking up every day to a blank page and writing. And even in the hospital, I think in a way, working on the book saved me. Are you one of those writers who says that the story just comes to you and you just have to write it down? No, not So at you all. do have to make uh, it up. It doesn't just appear in your head. Hardest, yeah, well, the hardest part for me is coming up with a, a concept for a book. Um, I spend longer doing that than actually writing the book um, because I struggle so much with the concept. It start, always starts out with what if. It's a simple one-sentence word. Like for, um, um, I think my, my book, Darkness and Shadows, the concept was um, Patrick, ban- the only woman Patrick Bannister ever loved has died again. And that was it. And from that became a novel. And I spent a lot of time struggling through the concept, plotting the story. And then I get writing. So you said you used, there, to, you used to produce the news and then you would like embellish it, say, well, what if such and such happened instead? Do you ever take yeah. actual news events and then turn those into what ifs and make your novels from those oh, yeah. real events? Everything is ripped from the headlines, they say. You know, um, a lot of times I, I watch a lot of news shows. I watch a lot of documentaries. Usually I never get an actual story from those, but what happens is it spurs my imagination. So I almost um, leapfrog from what I'm seeing into my own ideas. It's a weird little process that happens. Um, probably a lot of subconscious um, activity going on, but. It almost, I think watching a lot of news kind of opens my mind up creatively to other things. So your fourth book, what's it called and what was the news event that gave you the impetus to write Um, it? It's called Twisted. Um, I don't know if any one particular news event, I think it's a rubber, what I call the rubber world, which is, um, it's a loose term for um, kind of an altered reality kind of thing. So it takes place in a psychiatric institution and a forensic psychologist who worked there, works there, is losing his mind while he's treating a patient. And it goes into progressively, you know, him losing his mind and the strange relationship he has with a patient he's treating. And I don't think it was any one news story. I think it was more a fascination with um, schizophrenia, which is a big focus of the book. And what people go through who have that disease, I, I had a real compassion for sufferers of the disease and also their families, what they go through. It's a horrible, horrible illness that happens to good people. Absolutely. What's the theme of your fifth book? My fifth book is, uh, I don't know how to describe the fifth book. I always have, this one is not so easy to pitch. Um, it's actually the first book I've ever written with two female 
leads from one of the females points of view. I've never written from a female point of view before. And it's really a story of which one is the, which one is the most disturbed psychologically. It's a battle between them, the two of them. And um, it's kind of like um, similar to fatal attraction in a way, uh, because it's one of these things where a woman starts following another woman fascinated by her life and realizes she followed the wrong person that day because it just takes off and becomes, uh, she falls deeper down the rabbit hole. So have you gotten any movie deals yet? Because these sound like fascinating plots that would make great movies. My first book um, took off. I, I was, it was very strange. I was self-published initially. And um, I, wrote, I had written two books, and the second, second book was a breakout novel that just one day just took off and kept selling and selling and selling. And I was at the top of the bestsellers list. I never really understood why or what happened. Um, but at that point, a lot of people were getting in touch with me, movie studios, agents. Um, I told everyone I was the poster child for rejection back in the day. And um, I decided to self-publish because I couldn't break through. And suddenly everyone was coming after me and movie studios and um, agents and, and publishers. I haven't really, you know, getting a movie deal is, 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 a, is a long road with a lot of false starts and, and stops and hopes and dreams dashed. Um, I have a lot of friends who had movie options. You know, you get a movie option, but it doesn't mean you're going to get a movie. So I've kind of taken the, the, the mindset that if one of my books becomes a movie, that's great, but I love writing the stories and um, it's such a, an iffy thing getting a movie deal. And I decided that I don't want to um, waste a lot of energy worrying about that. If someone comes to me, you know, if my agent tells me that someone wants to make a movie, that's fine. That would be great. But my main love is writing books. All right. Well, that makes a lot of sense. And I think I have found that our writers who have been through cancer have real clarity on what they want in their lives. And it sounds like you have that clarity too. Thank you so much for joining us today on the Chicken Soup for the Soul podcast. Great speaking with you. And thank you all for listening today to the podcast. I'm Amy Newmark. Come back Monday for more Chicken Soup for the Soul inspiration. To learn more about the Chicken Soup for the Soul books that Andrew wrote for, go to chickensoup.com and click on podcasts. You'll see this week's featured books and you'll see Chicken Soup for the Soul, the cancer book and Chicken Soup for the Soul, Reboot Your Life. Andrew has stories in both of them. To learn more about Andrew Kaufman and his books, you can visit his website, andrewekaufman.com. Remember that E in the middle there, andrewekaufman.com. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.